in that camp, I would love to see more spot tests happening. I think that's a way to get community engagement. Now, whether or not those will be under NDA is remains to be seen. I mean, my guess would be they would be under NDA, but if they're not, or if you there isn't a you know verbal NDA, there's just a visual one. That's also a way you can get community engagement as yeah. well because people can talk about progress. So there's a lot of things they can do. It just really depends on how much bandwidth they have um, and what timelines they're trying to meet. But um, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of this content is coordinated by the community team mm -hmm. who doesn't have a big hand in the development, but they do need developers time to be able to make some of the content. So hopefully they can find the right balance to be able to keep moving forward and also share information with the community um, as they grow up gear up for another bigger, more persistent test. Silence. It was in everything from the moment they became still. It was in the air that blew across their skin and in the sway of the branches of the trees. What would it take to go the distance? Would any among them give in to the silence and despair for the uncertainty of what was present and unseen in that blowing air? Welcome to Ashes Pathfinders, your dedicated and trusted Ashes of Creation podcast. Join us as we share in the journey that reignites the embers and rekindles the flames in the hearts of those long left to cinder. I'm your host, Phoenix, also known as Samorg. I'm joined today by our returning Pathfinders. Let's welcome back Daedalus. Hello, everyone. Also, let's welcome back Half Tilt. Hey, hey, how's it going, folks? Everybody, before we dig in too far, we do have to give a big shout out to the home of this podcast over at asheshq.com, the community curated website for Ashes of Creation. Also, a shout out to all of the Imperial Flames, which are the supporters here on Twitch, YouTube, and Patreon. Thank you so much for keeping this community's flames bolstering greater week after week, friends. And uh, also, if you would like to show some support, requires nothing but a little bit of time. You can go over to our Twitter at Ashes Pathfinder, go to the top of our feed and look for that pin post. And right there, you can click on the iTunes review, go give us five stars, leave a comment, let us know how we're doing, uh, share some of the good Ashes fam vibes. You can also call in at 1539-6646801. And we'll play that message here on the show. If you do leave one, um, you can also send some mail to our Pathfinder grunt over at ashespathfinders at gmail.com. Now, speaking of Ashes HQ, I do have to start off by saying I spent the past week updating some things. There were a lot of revisions to be made. And as promised, once we got to the other end of this, um, you know, end of this alpha one period, I said I was going to go through, do those revisions, make those adjustments, do the editing, clean things up. And it's now done. So feel free to go and chip away at that thing. Look at all the pages. And if you find anything that is in that still have mistakes, let me know um, on Discord. It'd be greatly appreciated. Um, we also have some Ashes HQ exclusive class icons. They are similar, but quite different from the ones that are provided by Intrepid Studios. And they are very specific to the HQ. You'll see them all over the pages, uh, front page, class page, and the individual class pages now to kind of showcase a little bit of extra flair for our domain there. A little bit of love that came from my fiance actually who did those icons and she did put a lot of love into them. 
and they look damn good. Um, also, got one announcement. It's not Ashes of Creation exclusive, but another HQ is opening up. I have played the Elder Scrolls Online for ages. So if you're playing that in the meantime, as you're waiting for Ashes of Creation, you can check out ESOHQ, which is going to be coming real soon. Um, should launch that at least basic site here within the next week. Um, you're going to notice a lot of the same branding, a lot of the same um, love that you've noticed here in the Ashes fam. You'll see with the ESO fam over there and a lot of the same sort of vibes on the same domain. It's all underneath the uh, Simorg branding now uh, coming down the chain. Same for the uh, LFM podcast, which y'all can check out on Thursdays. We had a freaking crazy two hour one last week just ranting about, you know, some of the recent what I call scam starters on Kickstarter. Freaking ridiculous, man. Dude, there are some... That's where it's at. I'm telling you, man. How does that tie into Ashes of Creation? Boy, aren't we thankful for the fact that they've been delivering on their promise and vision so far because there's so many out there that aren't. Man, I feel thankful sometimes when I see that those horror stories. I really do. Because we could, you know... Because you do, when you kickstart a game, you know, some of us knew about the game ahead of time, right? Before it ever went to Kickstarter, but a lot of people found out Kickstarter and beyond. But think about all those people that bought into the Ashes Kickstarter, right? Like, you don't know for certain when you jump in and you choose to invest, you're doing it based on the presentation. People bought into other presentations that didn't turn out so well that were there around that same time. So, boy, let me tell you. And still continuing. Yep, and some of them still do continue, and you're like, damn. Whew. But if you're looking for something to keep your keep yourself sated, right? Um, you know, do you have a really fantastic guide talking about religion over on the HQ? Yes, I'm promoting a lot of stuff because, well, it's been quiet. I'm trying to give you all something to do. Also put a lot of work into it, so please go show some, show it some love, right? <laughs> like, also that thumbnail's freaking lit. Look at that phoenix, man! It's amazing, right? My thumbnail guy's That's solid. He's a rock star, dude. Shout out to Ghost, man. That looked <sighs> really good as a beard. Look, lit, look. I I'm, love the look on your face. The wounds are still healing. It's still so close to home, <laughs> dude. I've got spots you can't see because, you know, preparation into the show. I've got spots you can't see that are still healing on my face, right? Man, I'm rethinking things, but much love to everybody. Look, man, we're, we got, it's been quiet, y'all. It has. It's been quiet. What What have you all been doing in the past week since our last show? What's kept you busy, gentlemen? Oh, I don't know. For me, I've been actually getting into Valheim. Uh, you know, I was a late to the party, you know, getting into the early access, but been able to hang out with some community members and do my own thing there and having a lot of fun. So that's and nice. kind of my gaming for the for the past week. Right. And like I, 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 I'm sad to say I started playing Summoner's War a little bit more again on my phone. Oh, shit. That, 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 that's been eating up my time a bit. Oh, shit. Um, this past week was we had all the kids that this week, mm -hmm. and it was my girlfriend's first full week uh, at her new job, oh, plus yeah. doing the salon stuff. So I didn't do a lot of gaming this past week. I did a lot of dad work and crash. Um, 
getting a lot of the new workstations set up uh, the past couple of days, getting things ordered, tried to get out and do some fishing when my elbow will allow me, smoked my first salmon that I caught on my first fly Ooh. rod. Nice. the other day off the beach and you know that that was that was delicious and um, a lot of fun but yeah getting ready for a hunting trip coming up here at the end of the month and so a lot of real life stuff but also on the valheim wagon i've been working on my mountain retreat building a log cabin up on the snowy slopes right now and it's looking solid been playing a little bit of diablo 3 here when i just need to, to zone out for a little bit and, nice yeah awesome obviously I've been doing a lot of ESO again. I mean, I, I, I always play the game, man. Like I'm, I'm, I feel like right now I'm in this position to where I'm almost going out there and trying to, I'm almost preaching this gospel of like tribalism's not good for, for MMOs, like in a, as a whole. And I'm kind of like trying to live a life where I can, you know, you can juggle more than one game and have fun doing it. You know, you, you can even create content around more than one game have fun doing it and not, you know, not be letting down a community that might be, maybe they're in one camp. And I feel like it's important to like share that message too, because look, peaks and valleys, man. I've seen the peaks and valleys as a creator for years, right? I've been in that situation where you go from playing one game exclusively and you try to branch out and people just disappear. It happens all the time, right? I, I'm not faulting viewers for that. You don't own viewers. You don't, you don't own those are people. Like those are people that choose to be there, right? They, they got to do right by them at the end of the day too. And they might only really care to watch a specific game, right? And then there's the people that kind of like, hey, I like hanging out with the homies and this is where our homies hang and wherever we go, we're there. But you can enjoy more than one game. I mean, there's a, some of the people in my community are going to be playing New World. I know Daedalus is planning on playing with them. Right. I know Renfell from the LFM podcast. He's a developer also is planning on playing with them, you know? So we've got like a lot of homies in the greater community that all sort of have this overlap going on. And I feel like that's, to me, that's a beautiful thing as a community leader, as a creator, as a guild leader, as someone who just enjoys gaming in general, it's a beautiful thing because that doesn't happen very easily these days, man. It is actually kind of a bit of a rare uh, rare circumstance or scenario. Um, and so it's really good to see that's happening, you know, and I'm able to see that within this greater community I'm a part of. Um, but I'm also seeing it with people that have been on the ashes camp. They're like, yo, I'll go play some elder scrolls for a little while. And they're hopping over and they're hanging out there and we go do, we're just playing it chill, man. We're just hanging out. We're not, we're not try harding it. We're not trying to live our lives in it, you know, or anything. Some of us might be right. I'm not one of them. I'm, I'm taking it easy, man. I'm just enjoying the good vibes, the good times playing the game. And no matter what that is, man, I'm bouncing around. I've been playing Gwent sometimes, uh, playing the Elder Scrolls Online. Did that 24-hour stream, did some Paladins and Modern Warfare. Um, you know, I, I'm just enjoying whatever's fun, man. And that's kind of what I've been doing lately. And in the meantime, still been doing Ashes content as it started to get quieter in that area as well. You know, been been keeping the podcast rolling. We keep staying the course here. And that's what we're doing today. And, you know, we don't have as much today to talk about. There's not as much fresh information. Um, You know, them as developers, they, they have been quieter. And, you know, again, that's okay, right? The game's in development. It's, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. So as we're all looking at what's going on and what's out there to, to kind of consume in regard to content, um, 
we, we do have a new set of cosmetics that we can talk about. And we got a few other talking points to hit on as well here. Um, but we'll, we'll go ahead and take a look at the cosmetics, right? They, uh, they release these, they call it the Coliseums, uh, one second, the Coliseums favored, right? So it's kind of like what you would expect it to, to be like. Now, some of these mounts are like, whoa, dude, like this one right here. This one's a trip. The Jaded Drudger. So cool. Holy hell. What vibes do you get from this set? Honestly. This thing screams like dinosaur put pitbull to me. Nothing. Yeah. Just like this stance is very bull mastiff pitbull, just super strong, aggressive, but it's got that lizard yeah. kind of look to it. And yeah, man, loving this. Yeah, this is this is definitely another one of those shut up and take my money sets. <laughs> <laughs> no, this yeah, this is like one of my one of my favorites of all time they've done. Um, and it's really seriously making me question my life choices around whether or not I'm going to play an orc. Ooh, really? Uh, yeah. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm historically like a knifier or human player, but um, definitely I'm liking the vibes. I mean, everything like the mount is just, it just gives me like some of those like old school, like Ghostbusters, you know, demon vibe and then you've got the armor which is like you wouldn't think the green and the red would go so well together but they do they so do um yeah i, I do really like this quite a bit it's funny freaking grunt tag and chats like come to the renkai we welcome you <laughs> dude. <laughs> like, dude yeah i i've been so denier for so long largely because of the architecture and also just you know, from a combat min-maxing perspective, mm. the size of hitbox. Yeah. So <laughs> for, we'll have to wait and see how that fleshes out in the end. But man, this, this cosmetic set, if this is what you're, is, is a bit of a glimpse of what we're going to catch from the Renkai as a whole. Mm. I don't know. That Bushido aspect, we've talked about yeah. it last week a bit, man, is... Absolutely. Th th that goes back a long ways for me, so. Yeah, absolutely, man. We talked about that last time too, and we were looking at that armor set because that was something they had leaked. Do you know what this one reminds me of? Now, anyone who played World of Warcraft is going to know what I'm talking about. You know where I'm going with this by chance? Mm hmm. Miss of Pandaria. Was it Mogushan Vaults or whatever? Mm hmm. I think yep. it was specifically that, that specific raid. Like this has those vibes for me. And we talked about that armor set feeling very Bushido oriented, Japanese styled. Yeah, Mogushan vaults exactly right in chat right there. That's that was it. That that was it. This is the one. That's what this reminds me of. The ship, dude. The ship is pretty damn cool, man. This might be one of my favorite ships out of all of them. The vibes, man. The red sails, like the, yeah, it, it's really good. The the armor set, you know. It, it's 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 freaking cool. It's super samurai. Like I think if you're into into that style in general, you're probably gonna dig it. That jaded drudger mount though, that thing is crazy looking, man. That's not like anything I've really seen. It's almost got like a it's almost looks a little bit like a dog. But 
not the same. It's it's a trip, man. It is a trip. And that suit shell, the pet, the little snail. We can go to the snail. That thing. Look at that thing. What? What? I guess if you missed out on the freaking snores, this is your close runner up, but it's as a pet, right? The freaking snail, man. But the yeah, the the theme is definitely consistent. The cosmetic obviously is a you got the the armor set, but you've also got that belt. So you got the cosmetic skin and the belt. I'm. Hmm. I know a lot of us. We've been asking for a little bit more clarification around what the freehold building skins actually apply to on a freehold specific and how yeah we look at this one and we see a coliseum it does look like a coliseum this looks like a tr either a training ground or a dueling pit are we going to be able to host our own arena battles and things like that on our freehold mm. like especially if you're in a within a military node mm. is that what this is kind of alluding to or is this going to be like a training ground where you can train your pets or even train your own skills to an extent Right. Like, how's it going to be? Useful? What other purpose does a building like this serve? Unless it's just simply there for the visual, like this is your house uh, on your freehold type thing, and this is just how right. it looks, and that's just the aesthetic appeal you're going for. But you still have stands. Like, can people come by and check it out? You know. And I—that's a good <laughs> question. You saw that? Did you see in chat? I'm hearing a reference. <laughs> yes, a reference from Cheryl. <laughs> Right, just wear the belt, no shirt. Bring the the sexy Sai Sahan vibe to AOC. He's one of the companions in Elder Scrolls. If you know about that, it's kind of funny because it actually does does look like that. It's not a loincloth. Not a loincloth. <laughs> the The Coliseum is a good point, man. Um, we've also, you know, it's, I think some clarification around like what because we know modular design is very much an Ashes of Creation thing. And when I look at these buildings, I look at their approach to a modular design for the freehold plots as well. You know, we, we've seen some stuff that's like a fishery. We've seen like waterfall features. We've seen sort of like religious sort of features. We've seen sort of temple features. Now we see a Colosseum. We've seen very much things that look like they could be tavern oriented. We've seen things that look very much home, like a, like a fall oriented home, like covered in leaves. Um, we've seen the the trees with like the, the very witch in the woods sort of vibe. Um, we've seen these different themes, but it's like, and yeah, I agree. Clarification. I almost feel like it could be better too from like, not that I'm saying like, I'm not here to tell you how to market or any of that. I'm not, but I'm just thinking if, if people, if you want people to buy them, if people know what they go to, they're probably going to, you have the people that are going to buy them because they want them period. They want to collect it. They don't care what it is for. And then you got the people that are like, if I knew what this went to specifically, I probably would get it. That's happened to me a few times. I feel like that's going to sum up the more people too, right? When you're sitting there debating whether you want to throw 20 bucks or 30 bucks at a cosmetic. Yeah. And it's like, you know what? Maybe that means I'm not going out for dinner one night, one night this month or something like that. Or, or I'm skipping, I'm skipping a Wendy's, you know, that's, yeah. it's a decision that someone has to make now and giving them, yeah validation behind their decision you're gonna sway them in your favor yeah not to mention it's just at this point it's just good pr because there's so many different skins and whatnot it's like 
a little bit of clarification around what does the what can we do in this cosmetic? What does it apply to? It doesn't have to give away too much about the intended mechanics of the game, but the intended mechanics have got to be there to some extent if they're releasing these cosmetics. You're yeah. not going to have something sitting there that's like, oh, well, we decided halfway through development to nix how this looks, but because we sold you the cosmetic, we have to give it to you. Yeah, and I, and I want to clarify too, right? Like, this is not a criticism or like, I'm not knocking Maggie or the team or anything. Consider I would say consider this more as like a request, you know? Because I, I would like to know, and I know other people would like to know um, more about like where these specifically would, you know, actually fit in. So maybe that's something coming up that in one of their dev diaries, they could kind of talk about like, hey, here's how we're building a freehold. And, you know, these are like how the plots are going to kind of be, you know, is it like based on sizes? Because I could totally see that. I could see you having like a large one, a medium one, a couple small ones, or maybe you get to choose, you know, somehow like, okay, I get to have, uh, two medium ones and three small ones, or I get to have two large ones and a couple small ones. Like maybe there's an amount of space you've got and you get plot sizes. And then these kind of go for a larger one, a smaller one, you know, uh, maybe there's ones that are like, here's functional ones and these only fit to this size or whatever, but it would be good to actually get an idea about that. Um, I think ahead of time, because if, if we kind of had an idea about that ahead of time, I think definitely more people would probably be, uh, you know, leaning towards purchasing some of them over others but also the functional component i think too I, I would definitely agree with is from a functional perspective like a fishery is it functional do we get to use it we know some of this stuff is going to tie into uh you know artisanship and trade so like well which ones really do um that's definitely something i'm wondering about and i know a lot of people do too and it just seems like a missed opportunity so again it's more of like feedback and like a request more than anything uh, because i know there have been certain ones that I've passed on, but I was on the fence of getting. And if I had known that went to something specifically functional, I might've got it. I really would. This one right here, this one on the screen right now, the Coliseum one is a perfect example. I'm literally on the fence. If that was useful in an actual arena way to where I could invite my friends, like I, look as a content creator, perfect. I, I love doing this. I love doing tiered battle sort of things. I like to have people jump in and go, all right, we're going to do a little bit of a, we're going to do a duels arena sort of thing. And the champions get, you know, I give away something on my stream to the champions, the people who win, right? Or they set a certain set of circumstances, right? One that I've been thinking about doing a ton with Ashes is very similar to something I did on my trial raid night in ESO on Friday. And that was, we did a naked run. No, no gear at all. You jump in there, you know, nothing, literally nothing. But if you pick up an item, no matter what the rarity is, could be a white garbage piece of gear, could be jewelry, doesn't matter. Whatever you pick up, you can equip and wear, right? Something similar to that. Like there's it's so like many... a steel deck magic battle or something. Yes. You know? Yeah, that's freaking awesome. Yeah. But if I knew that I could host arenas on my freehold, and that would be useful in that way to where people could come in and sit in stands or something. I would get it, dude. But because I don't know, there's a good chance I won't get it. If I find out later I could use it in that way, I'm going to be so bummed. Yeah, that, that that's a big, I mean, it's not like you would be not not be able to do those things on your freehold. Right. You just wouldn't have this, this. specific skin mm -hmm. for that, which, you know, 
like, like you said, it's a bit of a missed opportunity. It's just clarification on how these things are intended to work so that we can make educated buy, educated decisions on our buys, our purchases, right? Because yeah. I, as a content creator, I, I talked about that so much too. And that was plan. I had plans written down that I never talked about of what I wanted to do with the arena systems. And, and you know, like yeah. maybe, maybe you just hold private skirmishes here Yeah, that you can have, that you can spectate. Cause they talked about having a spectator mode in arenas, yep. but you can hold private things to test and just go back and forth where it's a little bit more of a controlled environment where you're not just out to mm-hmm. up against somebody in a one V one competition or something. Right. So, you know, like th- there's a ton of opportunity there and it would be awesome just to even share our feedback and our thoughts and opinions on that. Yeah. I, I'm sure it will happen eventually. So, yeah, why not now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, yeah, go ahead. I'll, I'll second what you were saying, Sim. I was actually just thinking that it would be really nice to have a dev diary uh, around what types of buildings you can have on your freehold. And I know, obviously, that's going to be later or later down the line because of decisions that need to be made on how that all works. And, finalizing the design and testing it internally, but would really be nice to be able to see, um, you know, the level of flexibility you have, not only with the design of your freehold, but also with the cosmetic applications to your freehold, because that is a consistent piece of feedback we've been getting since, frankly, day one when they started releasing these skins. I mean, the ones for costumes and accessories are pretty straightforward. Okay, I know where this goes. It's pretty obvious. But when you get to the building skins, um, that's when it gets a little wonky. And honestly, even the mount skins, too, mm-hmm. uh, to at some level. I mean, there's obviously been maybe marginally more information there that you can kind of breed and get certain skills with certain types of... Um, you know, animals through animal husbandry. So potentially a skin that has like some sort of wings on it may not necessarily translate into flight um, unless you have some sort of, or gliding, um, you know, unless you have some sort of uh, way to breed that trait into your mount. But yeah, it would be nice to kind of see something like that um, later on down the line when things are more solidified, because I think that would also... Um, bolster you know people's opinions on whether or not these cosmetics are worth getting i mean at the end of the day steven's always been pretty vocal to say if you don't want it don't you know don't pay for it you know don't feel obligated i want you to be able to do something you feel confident in but you know that that's great i think from a community standpoint giving you know not setting community members up to just spend money upon money and behind money but it also does um, seemed to me like you were saying a missed opportunity for just, you know, giving an, a good revenue stream in for the game that doesn't do anything other than provide more variety for players to be able to play the game and style the way they want to style. Yeah, I agree with that. <clears throat> it's just um, That's a huge thing. Yeah, I do have another call CM though. I think it was a Kalar or like styled one, if I'm not mistaken. It was like had more of a Roman Coliseum vibe to it. I guess still got that one just in case, but this one would still be cool to have too. You know, especially for like my Renkai orc. Cause I'm telling you homies, it's happening. I'm going to have one. I am. There's no way around it anymore. Right. The Vec on the other hand, I was pretty stoked about Vec. I don't know, man. I got to see how they look. 
I'm like teeter-tottering on the VEC now. I used to feel very confident I probably would get a VEC. Now I'm not too sure. Got to see how they look. Because each description we get, like we keep getting different descriptions. And it's like, well, what do we got really? Like, what's it really going to look like? I don't know, man. So we'll find out soon. Enough. And I, I'm also really curious where racials are going to land. Because as someone who does want to spend a lot of time on coastal nodes and on the seas and the VEC having their stargazing abilities and whatnot, is that going to give them some extra right. type of navigation bonus? Yeah. So. You know, we'll see. I, I ultimately, I'm just undecided. I, I have my leanings of where I want to go, but until we've had a chance to play around with everything and we have all the information, I'm very undecided. Yeah, I'm just undecided about so many things right now. Um, I guess you know this is a good discussion point. We can kind of sh we'll shift gears here a little bit, okay? Let's have a let's have a little bit of a discussion around something, friends. Uh. It's it's a quiet period again. All right, we we've we've been here before. We we've been here before. We're we're at 141 episodes in at this point. This isn't new to any of the pathfinders in the community. We've we've stayed the course for a long time. We know about the peaks and valleys of game development. We know what to expect. Right? And we know that the expectation has to be tempered. Right? And it's important. We talked early on about games we've been playing, the stuff we've been up to, how we've been keeping ourselves busy. Something I'm curious about with the rest of the Ashes fam, what have you all been doing to keep yourself busy during this silent period? And now to the my fellow Pathfinders here on the show, what do we believe that it will take during the silent period for Intrepid to help maintain community momentum? Maybe it's not even Intrepid. Maybe it's for us as a community. Um, yeah, what, what do you think? And then I guess the second question, which should be hard to tie in here, is what could we, them, us do to improve engagement within the community to kind of keep that momentum going during these silent periods that we have? I personally, I think they need to deliver on the commitment around content as they get back into the office. Um, you know, Maggie's... Yeah talked about like a few times like starting back up the dev diaries really kind of getting that content out there i mean that would be a fantastic way to get community engagement and also i think from a content creation standpoint it'll also give content creators something to talk about i mean we definitely you know through the dark times have stayed the course and have had content mm -hmm. but you know there's only so much content you can squeeze out of little information mm -hmm. and Obviously, we had a lot of momentum with Alpha 1. Now that Alpha 1 has kind of come to a close, at least this one month-long test that just happened, you know, bringing us like a steady stream of content, more node videos, more dev diaries talking about the tech, you know, more you know, little things around maybe more character models other than, you know, your elf, human, and dwarf, you know, get us some of the, you know, stuff we haven't seen yet. Um you know, those are the kind of things that I would really like to see as we get closer to Alpha 2 is kind of giving us a flavor of what's going to specifically be in Alpha 2. Talk about some of those systems. Talk about potential testing goals, too. I mean, you know, I know we sometimes go on the fence of, or are on the fence about this. Uh, how much direction do you want to give testers? Do you want to give them free reign? Do you want to you know, give them some guardrails. I mean, I, I'm still on the camp of you need to give some sort of testing guardrails. 
not to say that you only must test XYZ, but at least say, here's the key things we're trying to test. Um, you know, please test this. You can test other stuff, but please test this so we can get the information. We can just kind of start talking about that, start talking about maybe some of the results um, and things in more detail that have happened as they've learned things in the alpha one. Um, and, and for those who were, you know, in that camp, I would love to see more spot tests happening. I think that's a way to get community engagement. Now, whether or not those will be under NDA is remains to be seen. I mean, my guess would be they would be under NDA, but if they're not, or if you, there isn't a, you know, verbal NDA, there's just a visual one. That's also a way you can get community engagement as yeah. well, because people can talk about progress. So there's a lot of things they can do. It just really depends on how much bandwidth they have um, and what timelines they're trying to meet. But um, at the end of the day, you know, a lot of this content is coordinated by the community team mm -hmm. who doesn't have a big hand in the development, but they do need developers time to be able to make some of the content. So hopefully they can find the right balance to be able to keep moving forward and also share information with the community um, as they grow up gear up for another bigger more persistent test Jeez, what can i add to that <laughs> covered it all uh dev diary is absolutely a huge thing obviously we're gonna have the monthly live streams uh mm -hmm. still being a thing uh, showcasing their kind of just higher level macro scale updates of what's going on um i think Keeping the community discussions going on the forums is huge. Maybe even doing some random Twitter posts or, or something on other platforms that it's just more of a, hey, this is like a 24-hour quick gab of information. Let's see what you guys want to share on this. That would mm -hmm. be awesome. Um, I think a big thing for me, not, not even for, like, for me personally, but for what I would like to see coming through, get... The content creator program started get that off the ground get your first wave of people in there mm. the ones that you know for sure are going to be part of that get them in there because now get get them the assets get them the the information the insider information so that they can start doing some content and start scheduling some of those interviews with devs it doesn't have to be high level steven interviews and margaret interviews all the time people want to hear from the, the folks that are in there getting their hands dirty, doing the coding and doing the art design and, and, you know, that are having some of the creative control. How many different names have we heard over the last couple of years doing the monthly live updates of the different artists that have had their hand on these renders? So many people in there that are contributing and doing amazing work on this project. And it would be so cool to be able to get like a half an hour of their time with, with a, a content creator in the program to do an interview with them. I'm not, again, not talking about me. I'm not doing that. But, you know, Sim here or, or Ten Man, you know, anybody that's doing awesome content already, get these guys in here and do some of these interviews. I think that that would supplement your dev diaries so much to get that kind of community perspective rather than a, a behind the scenes intrepid perspective. So we get a bit of both, you know? Yeah. Getting, getting active community members to, to do a little bit of coverage of the game. But I actually do think that the, the content creator program is a very good point. Um, I think that that would probably 
that would probably bolster a lot of the community, not necessarily because, oh, you know, everybody's hyped to, about the content creators, but you just have more creators who are hyped because now they kind of get to be part of that creator group. And, you know, they're... That's your marketing budget. Yeah. That's your marketing budget right there. Yeah. Although they do have to get someone hired for that position. It seems like they've been on that for a little while now. It's been going on for a couple, what, two, three months at least? Three months? Mm-hmm. Three months at least? I think they've, I think in the last update, they alluded to having kind of a short list now. So that's really good news. True. And then there's onboarding and getting them up to speed with everything. So mm-hmm. yeah, it takes time. But I w- I'm hoping to see that within the next month or so that they start to get that out. Yeah. I think dev diaries would be great too, which is something they've talked about bringing back. Um, yeah, there's a lot that could be done, obviously, and a lot of things that we'd probably like to see again. Uh, you know, as a community, we, you know, we do what we can here, right? With what we got. And we, we've got our podcast every week. And I know there's some others that do podcasting as well still. Um, there's others that still go live on the category. There's not a lot. There's not a lot. And, uh, you know, it has slowed and it has gotten quieter, but that's again, part of the deal. It's part of the deal. We've, we've seen it before. Um, I mean, we, we, we've all done our wiki deep dives probably more than once each <laughs> at this point, right? Where we've just parsed through that information and uh, not only we, we've done our <laughs> review phases, we've done our speculation phases. Oh, now we wait for new information to come out. We do our review phase. And we yeah. do a shows analyzing that stuff when we're not getting that. Now we're just back in a speculation mm-hmm. phase again. And yeah. either, either we're beating a dead horse and repeating ourselves or repeating everyone else, or we're just theory crafting, speculating, saying, this is what we would like to see. This is what we don't want to see, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, but give us something a little bit more concrete, even if it's just a little bit, if, 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 if these creators in this community have shown anything, it is a resiliency yeah, and it's the ability to squeeze juice out of a rock, man. Like <laughs> we can make something out of nothing, mm-hmm. and we could do it well and make it entertaining. So, but we need a little bit more nothing. <laughs> so the nothing that we have has already been mil- juiced, you know. True. I mean, I think we're gonna definitely have. Luckily, we're getting close because I think it's uh, early November. We've got the gourd contest coming up, so that'll that'll spark things up a little bit in October. Probably doesn't seem like it when you're like, yeah, we're just talking about carving a pumpkin, Sim. Yeah, have you seen some of the pumpkins, though? People get into it. People share it, and they get into talking about it. You get some pretty good ones to like look at and see what they're creatively doing for a while. But then you've also got November, which is the their D&D thing. They do their 24-hour live stream, right? They raise money for charity. I mean, we get we get a lot of great information out of that i mean last year we got a, a lot of the discussion about the ley lines and relics and king a tracks and talking about i mean essentially the tie into the war of the undying is what i've always considered that because you talk about him being the first lich and you talk about how undeath was created and all of that so we got a lot of really good information there that people were able to talk about for like a good month i mean you could speculate theory craft have good discussions it went on a good bit and if we get anything similar to that, which I would be shocked if we didn't, then we're, we're going to have some good things to take us into the end of the year. But then we do have a quieter spell because December, January, holidays, like we talked about last time, things do get quieter during that period. Um, 
you know, I know, I know Mel's here in, in chat and she was talking about, you know, we'll got the spot testing coming up at some point too. If like Daedalus said, we don't have an NDA in place for the, you know, it's no, ver no verbal and you can still talk about it or hell, maybe we're able to stream and share it. I don't know. People want to know what's going on with Asha. They want to tune in when there's something new, when they know there's something new to consume, to view, to check out, they will come check it out. You'll see spikes for sure. You will. And, and uh, like you said before, that's the ups and downs of yep. game development. Yep. True. It is absolutely the ups and downs of game development. Um, yeah. But you know, there's a lot of other things here that I wanted to hit on. There was, I want to hit on this. It was something that was brought up by Intrepid on like their Twitter a while back. And we didn't cover it recently, but I wanted to cover it today. If y'all can think back and this is a fun one. And I thought it was just a fun one to talk about. First death in an MMO. Can anybody even remember that? Can we even wow. remember that? That was one they, they actually added. And I was like, I'm going to hold off on this because I need to think about it. And I actually finally remembered. And I was like, well, if I remember by now with my horrible memory, then uh, we we probably can, right? You didn't die till classic WoW 10, man. What the heck? Oh, <laughs> oh. This is also a question for well, the community. Would love to hear your stories, but please, yes, in no particular order. Mine's fun, so I'll share it in a little bit. I'll save potentially the best or the worst for last. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll take a shot at this. I don't... Okay, full disclosure, I don't know if this was actually my first death in an MMO, but it was <laughs> my first memorable death in an MMO. Mm -hmm. And and it was it's kind of like a two-parter. So... For those of you that are kind of more old school in terms of like the the start of the MMO genre, right? There's there was definitely some predecessors to Ultima Online, but mm -hmm. Ultima Online was was definitely my first actual MMO, uh, and I remember like you know leveling up in that game, and it was basically skill based. So you would just you know grind different skills, and you get points and skills and whatnot. Well, I had gotten myself to a decent level right and i had enough money to buy my first horse and i was like so excited about getting my first horse right so i will go and get this horse i'm prancing around on this horse in the middle of town i'm loving every minute of it right i take five steps out of that town and i hear this sound to this day that still gives me ptsd and the words to this day to still give me PTSD about the Ultima series, Corpore, which is basically it's it's like a mind blast. Yeah. But literally, if you level it high enough, you can one shot people, right? Ooh, you can not only one shot people, you can one shot the mounts that they have earned over many, many hours of grinding. Now, see, the one thing about Ultima Online is that when your mount dies, you have to buy a new one. You don't just go and like, oh, I'm just going to res it. You know, I can just click on it again after I, you know, no. And to make insult to injury more is you don't actually, you aren't able to speak to your fellow players once you're dead. You just run around as a ghost and all they can see is a bunch of O's and capital, lowercase, et cetera, et cetera. So I died i saw who killed me it was some like random pk -er, and i followed that guy around and i was so upset 
that I've like to this day I still remember that experience. Wow. Because of the fact that I worked so hard to get this and it was gone just like that. So that was again in retrospect I laugh about it, but at the time I was not a happy camp camper at all. So that was my my first memorable death in an MMO. Man, I that's you weren't a happy camper, but the other guy was a happy camper. Yep. <laughs> because you could it's full loot, right? So everything that I had, I was I went from just enough to get a horse to completely flat broke with nothing to my name. Man. Like I don't I don't I don't remember my first MMO death. I don't know if I remember my first death in any MMO other than the Ash Zelfa one, which I've shared a couple times here on the show now oh, yeah yeah. And, and i die a lot in games while i'm leveling i played my first game i ever played was rose online rush on seven episodes that was my first real mmo i i, I died a lot in that game and, and there was a like a de-leveling mechanic when you love when you died so ashes has experienced debt this game actually just took experience off your progress and, and, and would actually de-level you even um, if I remember correctly. Oh, shit. So, you know, that, that, that was a fun experience. And then from there, I think I played a little bit of conquer online and that, that was just like, yeah, open PVP, kill anything anywhere, super pay to win. BS. Mm -hmm. My buddy got me into that. I died a lot in that game. It was, I think it was, it was either full loot or you had a chance to drop whatever was in your inventory. And there were some super rare items that you would go out and farm for. People would go, go and just PK the farmers and the power levelers to hopefully get some of these items. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, so that, that happened and I lost gear that I worked really hard for and stopped playing the game. There, there's a theme you'll notice here. Uh, I played WoW in TBC. I moved from Rose to WoW in TBC. I played a mage as my main. So naturally, I'm sure I died a lot, um, but I don't recall. Nothing stands out as super memorable. I think the biggest one that stood out for me was Darkfall. I played Darkfall, and, and I was super hyped on that game with a few friends, uh, when it just the concept of what it was going to be. And I had moved away from those friends, and we kind of mm -hmm. lost touch uh, during the game's development. It finally came out, and I was like, oh, hey, right, I, I remember this game. I was going to check it out, so I checked it out. Made my character. It, it, it was similar to Ultima in terms of like it, it was a full loot game, right? You go out, you kill. It had full loot. There was a, a like a corruption style mechanic to it as well, where if you attacked somebody, like just take took a swing at them, your name would start flashing blue. If you killed them, it would turn black. And if you were black, then yeah, you you were like an enemy of the state. Basically, you Jeez. you go in near a town, and the guards and everything are going to annihilate you. So I'm a new player. I go out there, and I'm just learning. It wasn't a level based game. It was everything was skill based. Whatever you did, whatever you were using, you would gain proficiency with that item or using those abilities. So I'm out there killing my first couple monsters, doing my first couple quests, first time venturing out of town, and this high level dude like just decked out in gear, comes up to me and, and hits me once and then walks away. And, but he he was strong enough that he would take me down to like just a couple hit points, right? 
And he'd walk away. And if you waited like 10 seconds between attacks, your name would stop flashing. So you could come back and do it again. So you wouldn't get locked into one of these uh, PVP states, if you will, or corruption states. So he'd come back. He did that a couple times, just kind of pot-shotting me back and forth. And eventually I got pissed off and just decided to fight back. And I killed him. I'm pretty sure he let me kill him, but I killed him. And he was, it turns out he was wearing what I thought was really nice gear when I saw it on him. It was yeah. probably pretty mediocre stuff from, from his standpoint, though. And I equipped it, and I tried to go back to town to turn in my quest, and I get killed by the guards. I'm like, well, what the fuck? This is bullshit. I can't even go back to my starting town. And now I have to just roam randomly through the world unknown because there's no, I, I don't know where anything is on a map until I find another town that maybe they won't kill me there. That's BS. I uninstalled the game. That <laughs> <You got laughs> was that. And I said, fuck this. Fuck Darkfall. And guess what? You know where that game is right now? It's uninstalled from everybody's machine. It's uninstalled from the <laughs> server. That's where it's at right now. So there you go. But, oh, you know, man. real talk right here. Real talk right here. <laughs> dude. That's that, 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 as far <laughs> as memorable deaths go, that's it for me. That's great, dude. Oh, my God. I actually have two uh, stories. One, I have a PVE version. And I have a PvP version. And I know that based on some of what I read in chat, there's going to be at least one or two people who are going to be happy to hear this because it's either going to be like, they're going to be like, oh, this resonates because me too. Um, or they're just going to be like, lol, Sim got wrecked. I'm going to be like, shut up. But either way, here's here's the PvE story. I was playing World of Warcraft. I've never played an MMORPG before. <clears throat> and I was running around. And I remember running over a bridge, going to turn a quest in, and I'm looking at my map because, you know, it's like you're trying to figure out where to go. And back then you had to oh, you had to actually explore the map. But I was going to turn it back in so I'd already explored this area of the map, right? Never really came across anything. Anyway, I'm looking at my map, and I'm, I'm running forward. I'm using auto run, right? I run right through this little creek area to the right of the bridge, missed the bridge, right through the creek area, aggroed murlocs and didn't realize it ran up to the quest giver and because they were so much higher level than me they still followed me all the way to the quest giver i'm turning it in don't realize i've aggroed them and i'm turning it in and reading the dialogue and i get popped like real fast and all i hear is or whatever and i'm just like and i was like i'd never heard the sound yet and i was like what the, f the fuck is that what and i had no idea how i died and so I'm running back through and I go and I collect my stuff. And it wasn't until later till I saw them in a different area that I realized, oh, my God, I ran by these things. It was those things. It was those. They killed me. These little. So, you know, I got higher level later, went back into that same area and just killed them on the spot because I could because now it's strong. Right. <laughs> PVE story. This is one of my first deaths, right, that I can remember. I, it may not have been the first one, but it was the earliest one I could remember. Here's the second one for you. <clears throat> and this is a PvP version, also World of Warcraft. In this PvP scenario, I'm running around, and I didn't understand that you could flag yourself and you had to toggle it on for PvP. So how does it work? Like, you basically had to toggle yourself on, or you do what? How else can you toggle yourself on organically in World of Warcraft, everybody? Run into the opposing faction's town. Right. Or if you see someone who's tagged red, who's to toggled it on, you can attack them. 
And so I'm like running and I'm like, and I, it's my first time seeing a player who had a red nameplate. Like they were, they were aggro. I was like, that's that person's got a red nameplate. I was like, I can actually target this person and attack them. Cause like, as I hovered them with my mouse, it had a little sword symbol on it. And I was like, Oh, I can attack this person. And so keep in mind, I'm still an MMO scrub at this point, right? I'm still wearing quest gear. I'm probably wearing quest gear that isn't even the right, like for my setup. Like I was probably wearing some cloth and some leather. Cause I just thought whatever you pick up, I'm clearly going to need. That's what the quest is for. That was my mindset at the time. You all know what I'm talking about. You've been there, right? You're like, hey, oh, but you don't know. You don't know. Right? You don't know, man. You just pick up, pick it up and you equip it. And I'm thinking, okay, this has got to be an upgrade. I didn't really know anything about stats on my gear in an MMORPG yet, or like that certain classes needed different kinds of stats. I knew strength, right? Constitution or stamina or whatever. But I didn't recognize that something, you know, I thought higher levels are gonna be better, right? So I was mismatched, tore up from the floor up on this character, right? And I see somebody who looked kind of like glorious. They had like a full set of armor and I'm like, oh man, this person, that looks like someone that's bragging rights if I kill this person, man. And I attacked this person and I start attacking them and they charge me. It was a warrior charges me. I think thunderclapped me, bled me out, kited me around, charged me again. Dude, I got triggered so hard. I freaking screamed at my computer. Thought this person was hacking. Doing something they shouldn't be doing. There's no way. I'm so good at other games. I'm so good at these other games I play. There's no reason I should have just gotten like, like just clapped. Nah, dude. Tore me up from the floor up. It was at that moment. I was like, are there sites to teach me something that I'm missing? Are there any resources out there I can go look up online, right? On AOL or whatever was Yahoo or whatever was popular I used at the time, right? And I thought to myself, I've got to, it's important. There's got to be a place. And I went and I looked up a website and I can't remember what it was. It might've been Tank Spot or something. Maybe, maybe something else. I don't remember. Might've been before Tank Spot, but I can't remember. But I remember going and reading, looking on forums and stuff and reading. And I was like, there are people sharing information. There was an outline of like, hey, if you have this character, and this is your spec. Like, this is what you should probably be doing. And I was like, man, this is so helpful, right? And that's where I enter a segue and tell people that there's a very important website to help you with your game, Ashes of Creation, called asheshq.com. Wouldn't that have been a perfect segue to like talk about Ashes of Nice plug. It is, right? It's important Perfect. to have a community site, right? The, and Ashes HQ is that for the Ashes fam, but I can't remember. Tank Spot was a good one. Letus Jerks ended up becoming a good one later. Um, dude, the value for a new player when you're, you don't understand the layers to an MMORPG and you've never played an MMORPG before, there are layers you just don't get. You could be great at an RPG. You could be great at shooters. You could be great at rts is all these other games but an mmorpg if you haven't played anything like it even if you played an rpg it's not the same thing man there's layers to it you've got to understand there's layers of it that if you don't learn somehow you just you'll miss you'll miss out man and you'll 
you'll be like me, face planning, nerd raging, plug pulling, rage quitting. But like any good MMORPG, you come back for more. So was I back in? Yes. Did it? And this, my friends, was my first initiation to PvP and MMORPG. I flipped my shit and I went and I was like, I got to get better. I got to understand. And then I realized how much I didn't know about that one element of combat. One element that doesn't even tell you of an ounce of I, I hadn't even learned about crafting yet. I didn't do any of it. It wasn't until after that I was like, oh, man. So help me out a lot. I could craft and do my own things. What do you all want to say? I know someone here wants to talk shit. Please go ahead. Uh, I'm going to ask a question. He's already in chat. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> what they still yeah. learned. Yeah, I know. I, I wanted to ask a question, though, to, oh, to, to you guys and to the rest of the fam. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> do you guys think it is on the game mm. to teach those initial elements? It's a good question. That's a good question. And to what degree? This is something I've 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 discussed and I've thought about and I love talking about. It's a revolving topic for me. What how much should or shouldn't the developer teach you? How much hand holding should you get? I saw that secrets of ninja looting in chat frozen. Don't think I don't see you. It's not a not a there's no page on the HQ for that. Secrets or out. or no, or or hidden anywhere if you subscribe. There's no there's no secrets to ninja looting from Simorg, right? It's blasphemy basically in chat. That's a good question. Uh I think that a basic understanding is good. I don't think sh like shoving everything in your face all the time cuz it gets spammy. Right? I think New player tips, having it pop up, having it in the settings where you can turn it off if you want to. Giving you the bread and butter, the basics is good. Um, I'm thinking of games that do pretty good. Honestly, in Alpha 1, they did a pretty decent job of that, I thought. Um, you know, it was like a pop-up down there. You, you knew where it was at because you had to click on it to get it to go away. It was basically like a log of, like, you know, of outline tabs saying, hey, here's the here's the bread and butter. Here's understanding this or that. Um, you know, the Elder Scrolls pops it up. I th think that game does a pretty good job too. You can go uncheck it in the settings, turn it off if you're a new player or not a new player, but a seasoned player or whatever. I think that the level of like forcing it to pop up and it doing it for everything to where it's, you're constantly having to get this stuff off your screen. That's clearly excessive. Um, but I think the basics are important. Um, I think it's important for a couple reasons. One People haven't played MMORPGs. You can't expect them to know all that stuff. If you want to retain those people, you probably need to do a little bit of handholding or a little bit of education in the game. Because some people aren't going to know to go look. But at the same time, how much is, is enough versus too much? I think that's a tricky balance. And I think it depends on the game. Um, I think overall, if a game provides enough well-outlined tool tips for hovering skills, for hovering quests, whatever, and there's a basis for understanding that's built into the game to help you understand A, B to C, and this is like the, 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 the you know, the circle, the, 
the the outline on how to traverse that or whatever as long as it's there and it teaches you the basics the fundamentals the bare minimum i think that's good um because for me i do believe that if the tooltips are good and that can teach you what you need to know to research it yourself there's a lot of value in all that and if you you don't want to go too far i think and I, the reason i say you don't want to go too far and do it for everything is I think that can also take away from the community interaction that I find very, very valuable of where you could come across. You're out there doing your thing. You've got the basics. Um, you picked up something and you're like, well, I see that this is for this, but how is it really useful? And then you go to zone chat or you go to global chat or whatever, and you ask a question and then you get this interaction between players, right? Where maybe someone goes to help the other person to help them understand how to craft this or goes to the other person, help them to get through a dungeon or, or whatever the, the case might be. Um, I think it's important to have a good balance of the bread and butter, but also putting it over to where you want to encourage or have some level of encouragement that the player will engage with the other people in the world and community to kind of, you know, go that next step or extra mile. At least that's, that's my, that's my belief. Anyway, what do you guys think? I mean, I would love to see something pretty low rent in uh, the MMO as well. I mean, like five, 10 minutes max of like different things like that kind of teach you all the basics, I think would be great, but nothing more than that. I mean, I've been in games where it's kind of a, mm. I mean, it was still enjoyable, but there are some that were just like long drawn out things and you kind of, and, and you didn't have an option to skip it. Yeah. Which I think is something that Cheryl mentioned in chat. Yeah, definitely having an option to skip it because frankly, if I have alts, I don't want to do something five, right. ten times that yeah. I've done every single time. Even if the scenery changes and I'm in a different starting area, I don't want to have to repeat those same steps. Um, you know, if at least, you know, be forced to repeat the same steps. I want it to be an option. Mm -hmm. Um and personally for me, if they tried to prescribe every single aspect from basics to advanced i mean it's like to me that's spoilers like that's something i want to be able to discover because yeah i i need to learn by doing and if i make a mistake i know okay well crap i shouldn't do that again right or i should maybe approach something differently mm. i mean that's how like in the very early days of mmo you learned about cc you learned about you know, waiting for, you know, a few sunders before you like, you know, went ham. I mean, these are the things you learn as you go and you can't necessarily like somebody can tell you, but it's not going to register until you get, you know, trapped or, you know, you succeed and you realize, hmm, yeah, I did that the right way that time. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I like that not too much hand holding or having a skip option. Like half tell what you said about the integration with the mentor system. You said that in chat. Yeah. So for me, I, I think it's important to separate the basic fundamentals of the game and how an MMO RPG is kind of structured yeah. versus the a lot of the systems and aspects that make this particular game unique. So a beginner tutorial to me isn't going to really touch base on a lot of these extra things that make the game unique. It's going to be a basics. Here's your UI. Here's 
the breakdown of classes and stats. You can go into your menu and adjust your keybinds accordingly. And it, it's a brief thing that teaches you a, a functional understanding of how to operate the game and what is going on in the world. These are these are quest givers. This is what they look like. Yeah. When you complete a quest, this is what they look like. Mm -hmm. So that you can go into the game with a bit of an understanding of what you are about to see and witness, but you are encouraged due to lack of too much information yeah. to go and explore it and figure it out. I love what you said about bringing the community aspect in, and, and that is where your advanced understanding comes from. Great. Whether you're asking in channels in the game, asking people in the game your guild, or you're seeking uh, things outside of the game through content creators or websites like Ashes HQ, Absolutely. where you can gather that information, right? I, I think that's really important. Um, Dataless, I 100% agree as well that, and with Cheryl, that, you know, these things need to be skippable. So when I create a character for the first time, I want to have the option. Mm -hmm. Do you have, what is your understanding of an MMO? And you see this in some games. Do you have a basic understanding? Have you never played before? Or are you kind of a, a, a veteran of MMOs? If you, if you choose veteran, you know what, skip that. I do not want to see that beginner tutorial incorporated into those like that like that first 10 or 20 minutes of a new player's pl gameplay it should be its own separate thing and, and maybe you come out with you know some basic gear upgrades that are a little bit higher than or better than your your starter character gear but it's quickly replaced within the first couple quests anyway so that you know for new players coming in they have a bit of a, a reward for going through all this and how the system works and that like they did a quest you got something from the quest now you equip it here you go choose stats based on your class you just taught so much functional understanding as you mm -hmm. said in your first experience in, in, yeah. in wow classic or in wow that you didn't know about right yeah. you've taught this player that now you get into the more advanced stuff and this is where i think it needs to yeah you can have a toggle option within your menu to turn it off you can have skip buttons but I like I like the tooltip idea for teaching, like, hey, you just entered a node. This is what the node system looks like, and how a very basic understanding of nodes. You do these things, it contributes to the node's experience level. It grows and develops. Yeah. Figure the rest out. There, there's four different node types. Figure the rest out yourself. You know, and, and that's in a tooltip. If maybe there is an in-game journal type item yeah. that you can click on the tooltip and you can go in and then read a little bit more about it, but it's still the finer details need to be discovered by the community. They need to be d d discovered, you know, uh, through co content creators or community contribution. Now, what I said earlier about tying the mentor program in, maybe that's something that you tie into that beginner tutorial as well. It's like, hey, I'm a new player just starting up. I clicked the, I don't know nothing about games. I go into this tutorial and it links me to a mentor chat where I can ask questions for a little bit after in this mentor chat to get a little bit understanding or a bit better clarification on things. If Should I need that? Could be an, a, a way to incorporate that in there. And, you know, I don't know how you incentivize it from, from the mentee aspect or the mentor aspect rather, but. You know, tie it in. I, I it needs to be. I, I love the community aspect, though. That that's super important, and it needs to be a hundred percent bypassable and ignorable for people that don't want it. You cannot in, intrude on that player experience, and that's how, in my mind, you respect all players. That way.
Yeah, it's something I would definitely appreciate about like the Elder Scrolls Online and like uh, it's like World of Warcraft and a lot of these other games that are seasoned now is it'll be like, you know, you might have to do it for your very first character, you know, but like at least like for my alts or things like that, like let, you know, make it to where like I do, I'm not forced if I don't want to, if I can uncheck it. Yeah. And then being able to actually in engage with the community you know, more organically to like, you know, have them tell you about websites or have them tell you about raid guides or where you can get this, where you can get that, where you could find this and that. I think all those things are absolutely important and vital to, yeah, just overall a game in development and also a game that's fresh at launch. Cause at fresh at launch, like I think if you have too much of that integrated in the very beginning stages, especially in the very beginning stages to where like, cause you'll see like, there'll be like these basics, and then like later on, they'll be like, oh, we're adding this whole thing. And it's like, cool, but you don't want that all in your face because there's this newness element that you definitely want to not be spoiled, I think. And having it, the ability to, to engage with players, it's really taxing when you feel forced to have to view a log or pop-ups, specifically the pop-ups thing. That thing is the thing I don't like. I'd much rather it be like a little icon off to the side going, you know, hey, like, I think it's sort of subtle in Final Fantasy 14 where you have this little like it's kind of like this round icon that pops up and it's like a question marker or something like that. And then when you do click on it, you get this small, you small little bubble pop up that you can kind of scroll through. And it's it's really uh, minimalist. Um, hold on a second here. Oh, yeah. Anyway, it's very minimal. And that's, I think, the way to go for sure. Um, but. Here's a couple things I want to talk about. This is one that's related to the content creator program specifically. Um, what do you think that Ashes of Creations content creator program could do that we've seen done really well in other programs? I know it's, we're kind of piggybacking off something we've had a long time ago, but this is something I've, I've got a couple like items of feedback and totally relates to games I've played recently that I'm like, I see it and I'm like, this would be amazing. Let's do this. Let's see this. Do you all have some feedback on that? Launch. <laughs> Launch it. <laughs> <laughs> I had to. That was the low hanging fruit. I mean, I think it would be good just to like, from a partnership standpoint, just really try to provide content creators with as many facts as possible. And not to say that they're trying to push or lead content creators one way or the other. But I think the more information content creators have, the better job they're going to do, bar none. Um, and I think building and partnering with content creators grows the community in, a, in really great ways. So I would say that would be one for me. And I, you know, I'm partial to having shinies too. So I wouldn't mind them having some incentive for content creators or some reward for really dedicated content creators to be able to get some exclusive cosmetics or something, right? maybe some game time or something that they could give away. And again, really get people energized and jazzed to really try the game out. Um, and once they're there, kind of reward them in a way for just being part of the community. So those would be kind of a couple of things, but definitely the first one is one that I would say it, it would be a, in my opinion, it would be a, a disservice if they didn't really just do their best to, arm the content creators with as much information as they could especially when they're looking for feedback 
because I mean, we all know that once this game launches, it's an evolving product. The you know MMOs that we have played over these years that started at launch are not the same MMOs we play today. Some of that may be like a good thing, and some of that may be a not so good thing. But the bottom line is, you know, MMOs uh, are not stable in the sense that they are they're static. So having some opportunity to really utilize the community to not only get great feedback but also disseminate good validated information, I think would be a you know a great way um, to engage content creators and the community. Right on. So, go on, have told. Oh, I've I've never personally been on another um, creator program. I've seen a few. I've been around a few. I, I've looked at you know partner programs with you know like Corsair, Razor, and things like that as well. And the biggest thing that I w would say for from a feedback standpoint is. Don't make promises you can't keep and keep your promises. Yeah. Make sure you're, as Daedalus said, giving accurate information, but be proactive with giving that information um, and, and information that might not necessarily be leaked through other channels. Let your creators be the leak. Give them that because that's, again, that these are your marketers and they're going to put their own spins on it and they're going to reach their communities who are going to share that with people they know. And, and you're probably going to reach a large, broader audience that way. And then a, a, as the game developer, you showcase these content creators as a means of just giving out that information. Um, I, 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 I would go down the road of, you know, having affiliate links uh, and... You know, I like what you said about game time. I think free game time for official content creators is a no-brainer to me. <laughs> I mean, it's 15 bucks a month out of your pocket. What What is that from a marketing budget, you know, um, for for the, the wealth that they're bringing in? Um, but they already have the referral code, and that's open to anybody. You don't have to be a content creator to share your referral code and, and get a bit of extra revenue uh, that way from people that you sign up using your code. That goes for everybody, every single one of you that have signed up for a game. Share your code with your friends and family when they sign up. Or yes. share mine, you know. Yeah. I mean, that's cool too. Um, uh, th you know, they've already got merch that they're giving away to content creators, you know, mic microphone stuff yeah. and uh, headphones and all these other things so that you can kind of spruce up your environment a little bit. I would love, you know, we're going to get access to... Um, mm images and visuals that we can use yeah. and audio that we can use in our content. So, you know, just all this stuff from a branding aspect is, is huge, but still giving us the freedom. And I think they even talked about having some artists work with the creators to create like overlays and mm. widgets and things like that for live stream. Like to me, a lot of the stuff that they're promising already is what I would ask for the the interview options that they're going to have. And, you know, interviews might be, as, as we learned from Margaret when she was on the show, a little bit more proportionate to the size of the influence that the creator has, but that's understandable. That's fair. You know, they want to spend their time where it's most valuable as well. And that's, uh, we recognize that. So, you know, giveaways, giving, giving creators things that they can share with their community to include their community in the game and in their content, I think is, is really valuable. I would love to see in game 
like an in-game UI that is creator specific, but that might be getting a little too far. Some type of like Twitch or live stream integration or um, like like a a, a theater mode, which I think they talked about having something like that already in there uh, or or is at least is, is a hope. But something like that, even if it's down the road, would be really cool where creators can go in and create like those types of movies and and visuals. You know, you go on YouTube and look up Minecraft now and how many different Minecraft like movies have different creators put together mm-hmm. and just like completely original thoughts and ideas in that world using that environment and those assets. That type Ashes is creating a, a, a bed for that. So give the creators the opportunity to leverage that and they will. Here is the final question or thought then, right? When we talk about going the distance, what do we believe that it'll really take right now through until launch and beyond for Intrepid to go the distance? Now I'm going to hit on one point that came from Grumpy in chat, which was a roadmap is needed. What are some things that we think is really going to really going to be important to capitalize on when it comes to going the distance? I mean, I think the roadmap is a good one. Um, from my perspective, I think that will help orient the community. And it's not necessarily something that needs to have like definitive dates on it um, if they're not sure, right? But at least we can see that visual progression to say, okay, here's what our thinking is in terms of how we want to organize the, you know, the road to launch. Um, I think what we've talked about on the podcast already, um, to me, feels like definitely go the distance material is like, give us content, give us, you know, things to talk about. I think that engage the community. I mean, that's the only way that you're going to make an MMO like this truly successful is by having high community engagement. It is a player driven world more so than anything that I've ever experienced or, you know, in the past, right? Or at least it's what I envision um, experiencing. Uh, so, yeah, I would just say, you know, keep people excited about the game, get in front of the community with information. Uh, and I would just say, keep making progress like they have been. Uh, you know, I think those are, to me, the definite go the distance uh, cast that need, they need to take. And then, once they launch, I think that's, you know, maybe slightly varied, you know, depending on, you know, what they're planning to do in short term and long term. But I think it's also the same type of thing is let's not have long periods where there's no information, um, even after launch, because that also, um, as people consume content, which some might consume it faster than others, they're going to want to know what's next So really that roadmap once you launch is even more important than it is now. Yeah. In an open development environment that need that closing the doors for too long, I fear could be detrimental, but there is an under, I hope that most people have an understanding that it's necessary at times when they need to put their heads down and just GSD, it, it, it needs to be done. And but having said that, when those doors open again, we want we're gonna we're gonna want showcase of something, some progress, whether that's comes in the form of an alpha two or 
a startup of a dev diary series or something. At, at least then we're seeing something, keeping that content coming out, keeping that engagement and just eyes on ashes. That's, that's essentially what you want is just to keep eyes on ashes. And how do you do that? Give, give us something new. It doesn't need to be big. You don't need to give game breaking information. You don't need to spill all the lore out. And they've shown that very, very well in the past just give little tidbits and we are there to gobble it up like it's gospel you know and, mm -hmm. and that will keep eyes on the game that'll keep people coming people might look away and go do other stuff in right. the downtime but we're all here waiting we all got our notifications on we're waiting and we'll we'll look the second something drops again keep that coming and we'll be good the only other aspect that i would say is you know they've they've kind of set their lane they, they've set up their guardrails they know their scope stick to it stay the course that, that's the biggest thing stay agile within your lane but stay in the lane and i think they have done that very well so far and if they continue to do that mm -hmm. they will go the distance i believe so excellent you know i think i'd probably reiterate on that as well i think it's just a bit it's going to be a matter of staying consistent staying the course creating an outline, building a framework, showcasing it for everybody. That way they kind of know what to expect, but you know, the tempering of expectations, a lot of that's really on us. Um, but I think, yeah, I think I would agree as uh, some sort of a, I'm not gonna, I don't know if I want to say roadmap, but just some, some very loose bullet points on, on goals moving forward and kind of what they're working on hitting, getting done. But even before they get to the next point of showcase or something like that, and saying, here are the things we're working on. Don't have time frames for you. This is what they are. These are the things we need to accomplish before we get there. And then just kind of loosely updating people on where those, you know, those objectives and like where they stand. I think, I think even that's like good. It's not like, you know, setting an outline of expectations of a date. We're not getting dates. We're not any of that stuff. It's just going, hey, we got to get here. Here are the objectives before we get to that goal. And, and just every, so even if it's even monthly kind of going, Hey, we do our live stream. We talk about where we're at, what we've done to, you know, improve upon this, where we think we're at on that improvement, what we've accomplished, where, what we've completed, you know, cause then even, even though it's not really, you know, delivering upon a specific goal or timeline or anything, it still does help to give people like an idea of like, well, here's where we're at. Here's how far we're going. Now we can kind of speculate or get an idea of like what we think we how much time we got here because i think a lot of people they don't necessarily want it i mean sure there's people want it now right now but i think a lot of people just want an idea of like where we're kind of at in this you know loosely where we're at between point a to b um point a being where we got done with alpha one point b being alpha two since that seems to be the goalpost right now and that's where i'm going to leave the question for the community who listens to this who watches it on youtube uh, we we posed a lot of different questions. Answer some of those for us. Give your feedback. Give us your thoughts. The developers watch this. They listen to this. They chime in. They do pay attention. So, you know, let us know your thoughts and feedback on, you know, the content creator piece, the, the goal post piece, you know, the cosmetics that came out and overall the conversations we've discussed here on the show today. As always, you can catch us next week. But before we sign off, I'm gonna let my fellow Pathfinders here on the show let you know their domains and where you can find them when they're not here on this podcast. Daedalus. 
Uh, you can find me on Twitter at the Ashen Herald and on YouTube, youtube.com slash C slash the Ashen Herald. And half tilt. You find me on Twitter, Twitter, blah, blah, half underscore tilt. And uh, here on Discord, there's half tilt gamer. Now, friends, we will catch you again next Sunday, 5 p.m. CDT for the next podcast. Um, in the meantime, I am going to make a small announcement. I am doing a charity event next Saturday, the 11th of September uh, for Games for Love, which is a charity that helps children. And I'll be doing that next Saturday. Time will be announced in Discord. You can catch on discord.gg forward slash some more if you're not already in there. We'll see you next Sunday, everybody, for the next live show of Ashes Pathfinders, episode 142 incoming. And until next week, my friends, remember, you know, you don't have to be on this round table to be a Pathfinder. You're a Pathfinder if you're part of us on this journey, whether you watch, you listen, you chime in, you share your thoughts and your feedback. That's also you. Much love to all of you friends to Intrepid Studios. Until next week, live your best lives, walk in the light, have a great night, everybody. We'll see you real soon. Take care, everyone. Take care, everyone.